Hey guys, it's Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com, and Big 12 football is back. Week one is in the books. This is our recap show. We're going to typically do this each and every Sunday. That's the plan uh, for obvious reasons, but because OU played Sunday night, we are switching this to now a Monday show. But we'll be doing this every week after the games wrap up. We'll still do our midweek podcast with a guest and preview the games to come, but this will be an additional part of our content talking about the Big 12. So let's get to it. First off, I should mention whether you're on Facebook Live, Periscope, the podcast, we appreciate you joining us. And if you are not subscribed to our podcast yet, if you're watching this on Facebook Live or Periscope, please do rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, and we will send you a free heartlandcollegesports.com koozie. Keep the beer cold. Just email me a screenshot of the rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We're also brought to you by mybookie.ag. We right now have a 100% sign-up bonus with MyBookie. Just go there, deposit, use the promo code BIG12, that's BIG12, for a 100% sign-up bonus on your, um, on your deposit, minimum deposit of 45 bucks. So we went 5-5, five and five. I went 5-5 five and five on my Big 12 picks this past week, hoping for better in week two. But once again, MyBookie.ag, promo code BIG12. All right, what we're going to do here is go game by game in the Big 12 and obviously throw out any questions or comments as we're moving right along. I'm not going to, uh, you know, pick favorites. We'll just go in order of the games. Oklahoma State on Friday night at Oregon State. I was really impressed by Spencer Sanders. For this guy to go in in his first start as a redshirt freshman to Pac-12 country um, and, and play the game that he did – was really impressive to me. Now, if you take what Mike Gundy has done with the best quarterbacks he's had in recent memory, Brandon Whedon and then Mason Rudolph, if you add the running components of a guy like Spencer Sanders to this offense, man, oh man, this offense can be electric. I still don't understand, to be honest, why Sanders did not get some reps last season for Oklahoma State. I don't understand that at all, but it's kind of water under the bridge at this point. It's over. It's in the past. Let's see what he can do, and I was really impressed. I mean, people were using the J.W. Walsh comparisons for Spencer Sanders after week one. I think that's kind of an insult to Spencer Sanders, to be honest. I don't think that um, if Spencer Sanders hits his ceiling, the J.W. Walsh comparisons will be uh, – you know, J.W. Walsh will be a poor man, Spencer Sanders. We'll put it that way. If Spencer Sanders can reach his potential and and reach that ceiling, I was really impressed with him. He, you know, he was able to hit a couple of really nice passes along the sidelines. One to Tylen Wallace falling out of bounds, which was just pinpoint accuracy. I don't know if he's got the deep ball yet of somebody like a. Um, you know, a Mason Rudolph or a, a Brandon Whedon, but he's certainly somebody who can can be that next in line of really, really good quarterbacks for Oklahoma State. Defense, you know, still a work in progress. Let's not kid ourselves. You know, there's a lot that Jim Knowles has to prove at Oklahoma State with this defense, but all in all, I think that Oklahoma State fans should be very happy with what they saw in week one. I admittedly thought that Oregon State would cover the spread, but Oklahoma State didn't have many issues there. I mean, they got out to a, a big three-score lead, 
and all was good. All was good in uh, Stillwater on Friday night. So you had to stay up late to watch that game, but it was well worth it. The Spencer Sanders era is here, and there's a lot to like about what that can possibly mean for Mike Gundy, for this team, for this program, and Chubba Hubbard. If I need one quarter, if I need one running back right now in the Big 12, I'm taking Chubba Hubbard. All right. I mean, this guy is is electric. He is the real deal, and I think he's the best running back in the conference. All right. Um, on Facebook Live, Jimmy writes, "Let's get off the Sanders train." Hubbard was the reason they won that game, not Sanders. I'm not saying that Spencer Sanders is the next, uh, you know, Heisman Trophy winner, but for a redshirt freshman going into this game on the road against a Power Five program to have some of the plays that he made. We got to give him credit, Jimmy. I'm sorry. We have to do it. We'll take your comments on Facebook Live and on Periscope. Um, the Kansas game. Let's go to Saturday. Okay. So I took some heat from KU fans because I thought Indiana State would win. I'm glad Kansas won, by the way. Let me say this. I'm glad I was wrong. I'm happy to be wrong. I wanted to be wrong. But it's not always my job to, to you know, pick what I want to happen. It's what I think is going to happen. And you know what? Candace was trailing this game at the three-minute mark in the fourth quarter. So I'm glad I was wrong, but, you know, it took a couple of plays there at the end from Carter Stanley to Dalen Charlotte to get that win and, and walk out with a victory over Indiana State. You know, Carter Stanley had his moments. When the pocket broke down, he looked like the same Carter Stanley from, from the last couple of years. It was not impressive. But if, if Dalen Charlotte who, if you recall, transferred from Alabama to KU a couple of years ago. And a lot of us thought that he was going to be the guy who, you know, could help transform the KU offense, could, could really get this thing on the right path. And KU never had a guy like this at wide receiver. And then he was just kind of like a bust the last couple of years. He was there, but he was like, eh. I mean, there was nothing too impressive about Dalen Charlotte. He wasn't making big plays. He wasn't the number one receiver. He made some huge catches for this team down the stretch for KU on Saturday. And for a guy that came from Alabama, was a former four-star prospect, for him to, to make those plays, to hopefully get that confidence, get that camaraderie, uh, you know, get things locked down with Carter Stanley, that would be huge for this team. It doesn't mean I think they're winning five, six games. I don't. All right, to be Indiana State. Let's not get carried away. But that could be great for this offense. Bring Puka Williams back. And you might have something to work with there on that side of the ball. You know, that'd be great. The defense, the secondary looked really good. Front seven still a work in progress for KU. Hassan defense had the uh, great pick six. That was an exciting moment. Les Miles is 1-0. He should be 1-0. He was the favorite in that game. It came down to the wire. But guess what? KU is 1-0. That's, you know, that's what, not what I expected, but it's good for the program. And now it's kind of just one game at a time. Let's see what this team can do. Let's see what this program can do. So overall, happy with how things went for KU. Not so happy with how things went for Iowa State. There is no team, no game that I got more flack about than Iowa State. People saying that I was, you know, too high on Iowa State and Matt Campbell all offseason long, and this is what you deserve. This is what you get. Relax. It's one game. Now, I'll say this. I'll say this. I'm concerned. All right? I am concerned. The offensive line, which I was very high on this offseason, looked 
like crap. All right, there's no other way to put it. The offensive line was getting pushed around by Northern Iowa's front seven. That is a terrible sign. You see OU and Kenneth Murray last night? How do you think that's going to go? I mean, how is that going to go against that OU front seven with how they played the first half against Houston against that Iowa State offensive line? That was not pretty. And I am going to wholeheartedly admit it. I will take the heat. I am not going to pretend like it didn't happen. The offense was all out of sorts. But in a weird way, you know, up until the fumble there that Brock Purdy saved the game with, I didn't. I never thought that that Iowa State was going to lose this game. Maybe because maybe because I'm so high on the team this year. Maybe that's why. But I never felt like Iowa State was going to lose this game. Now the fact that it was as close as it was, that it took three overtimes, absolutely is concerning. There's no doubt about it. I am not going to sugarcoat it. But they got to win. And for Matt Campbell, you hope he goes into, um, you know, looks over the tape with his guys, rips them top to bottom, shreds them. They got a bye week before Cyhawk next week, and they're ready to roll. I mean, this can be in some ways a blessing in disguise for teams when they have this atrocious game against, yes, Northern Iowa, by the way, is a decent FCS team. I think they're in the top 25. So they're not a bad FCS program, but still, you're supposed to compete for a Big 12 title, and that's how you start the season. I want to know what's going on with the offense as well. I, you know, people are saying, oh, they missed Hakeem Butler. They missed um, uh, they missed David Montgomery. Sure they did, but, I mean, Deshante Jones, he looked great with 14 catches. I thought the running backs were serviceable. I just thought the offensive line and the play calling was a mess. And I understand wanting to keep it vanilla, but at some point you got to win the game. you got to win the game. So Iowa State scared the hell out of me. Uh, let's talk West Virginia getting the win over James Madison. Austin Kendall was very shaky in the first half, but he calmed down. You know, he calmed down. Let's give him credit. Uh, This is a guy who has not played substantial and meaningful snaps since high school. He came from the Carolinas, went to OU, did not play behind Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Jalen Hurts comes in. He says, I'm out, transfers to West Virginia. Guys have played him forever. He has not played in forever. So let's relax when it comes to Austin Kendall's slow and sluggish start. I wish he would have started quicker, but it's okay. He threw both his touchdowns in the second half. That that, um, pitch and catch with George Campbell, the touchdown there, was was a beautiful – I mean, that was on a dime. That was awesome. Um, The running game is wildly concerning right now. I don't know how West Virginia, I know it's a really good FCS program in James Madison, an FCS program that should end up being one of the, um, one of the best in, in, at that level. But to have 34 rushing yards for an average of, I think, 1.4 yards per carry for West Virginia was a, um, was a mess, an absolute mess. That was supposed to be one of the strengths of this team. And with the way that running game looked, I mean, how are you not concerned going into Mizzou here coming up this week? I mean, that's, uh, that's crazy. On um, Periscope, Pete, I never thought Iowa State was a Big 12 title contender. Uh, Pete, maybe Iowa State should win nine games in a season before we anoint them a Big 12 contender. I, I don't know what that means. I mean, I, what is – so if they had won nine games back in 2002, you would allow me to call them a Big 12 contender this year? 
We're talking about this year. I don't care or whether or not they've won nine games in the past 40 years. That's irrelevant to this year's team. They've had two straight years of eight wins each. They are building a really good program. They have a great head coach. And I still think they can be a Big 12 contender. But saying let's see them win nine games first before we call them a contender, what does that mean? I mean, Texas hadn't won nine games in forever before last year, and everyone calls them a contender every year. So – that's that's not a good that's not a good defense for why Iowa State should not be called a contender. There are other reasons after week one, but that's not one of them. So the Mountaineers get the win over James Madison. I have a lot of concerns about this team right now, but um, you know the defensive line looked good. The Stills Bros are solid. Darius and Dante are, are really good. This West Virginia team, I'll say this, they may end up as the most improved team in the conference when all is said and done. Taking you through week one of the Big 12, I'm Pete Mundo. We're on Facebook Live, Periscope, YouTube, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. Appreciate you guys joining us. Please leave us a rating and review on the podcast. Um, If you do that and then email me a screenshot of the rating and review, I will send you a free koozie. Just email me that screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We're also brought to you by mybookie.ag. Place your bets there. I'm placing my bets there. And use the promo code BIG12, that's BIG12, for a 100% sign-up bonus on a minimum deposit of 45 bucks. My picks went 5-5 five and five this past weekend. Not too bad. Not too bad. So we're just getting the season going here. So join us there, mybookie.ag, promo code BIG12. All right, we talked about West Virginia. Let's go to Texas Tech. You know, there there was not a ton to learn in some of these games because, like, James Madison and West Virginia, I learned something there. It's a really good FCS program. West Virginia's rebuilding. I learned something in the Kansas-Indiana State game. Indiana State's a top 25 FCS team. Kansas is Kansas. But, you know, Texas Tech did what it was supposed to do against Montana State. That's blow them out, give the home crowd something to talk about, get them excited, and uh, they did what they needed to do. Alan Bowman's a complete stud. He's a gunslinger, and you know what? Matt Wells, that offense looks really good under new offensive coordinator Yost, so I'm excited about this team. We may have all been overlooking them in the offseason, but you know I can't sit here and, and – um, overanalyze Texas Tech, Montana State. You can do it, as I mentioned, with certain teams against FCS opponents. I can't with Tech and Montana State. But the fact that they, you know, blew them out of the building, it was never close. Bowman looked healthy. Bowman looked comfortable. That's what I'm taking out of the Texas Tech game um, coming out of week one. Kansas State, I'm just going in order, guys. I'm just going in order starting Friday night with Oklahoma State, ending Sunday with Oklahoma. Kansas State held the ball for 41 minutes, converted 10 of 12 third downs. So I guess that was a pretty seamless coaching transition for week one. I was excited to see, by the way, that Bill Snyder was in town. Um, He was at the game. I had a couple of fans send me photos of Bill Snyder at the game, which is great. Uh, The fact that I know that Bill Snyder deep down probably thinks he should still be on that sideline. I understand it. He probably does. But the reality is he should not be. It was time for him to go. And Chris Kleiman, when you talk about style, substance, fit for a program, I don't know how you get a better guy than Chris Kleiman to replace Bill Snyder. It doesn't mean I'm predicting Big 12 championships or college football playoff appearances. But, man, uh, it just felt right. 
You know, I don't want to overanalyze a Kansas State win over a Nichols team, but it just felt right. There still are holes on this team. There still is a lot of work to be done, um, whether it's you know, on defense. You know, the wide receiver core is not great. You know, Dalton Schoen, when he's your top guy, you, you can't be thrilled about it. But, man, Skylar Thompson just looks and acts like a different dude. He is so much happier. He won't admit it. He won't come out and flat out say it. He is so much happier with this coaching staff. He is so much happier not being in a quarterback battle every single minute against Alex Delton. It's his team. He's got the confidence. And you know what? Kansas State fans should be very happy with where this program is. It still does not have a lot of depth. A couple of injuries would hurt this team in a big way. There's not a lot of depth there that's going to take climbing time to rebuild and reload and regenerate. But for this year, if this team gets to a bowl game, can build on that with three weeks of practice in December and move on from there, I think that, you know what, that's what you can expect and that's what you should ask for right now if you're a Kansas State fan. We'll take your questions and comments as always. You want to rip me, whatever it might be, on Facebook Live and Periscope. We'll do these every week, typically on Sunday afternoon, but this week we're doing it Monday since OU played last night, recap on the Big 12. TCU. Uh, TCU gets by Arkansas Pine Bluff. Um, first off, let's get to this comment here on Periscope. Could tell from the postgame quotes, Skyler is way happier. Use the word fun so much. Yeah, I, I mean, I was at the spring game for K-State. It was evident to me Skylar Thompson was thrilled about this coaching staff and was thrilled, I hate to say it, but to be moving on from Bill Snyder. He could not have been happier. Uh, TCU. Quarterback situation, that's where we have to start and finish. That's the biggest conversation to have there. Alex Delton versus Max Duggan. To me, this is a no-brainer. You play Max Duggan the rest of the way. The upside is so much higher for Max Duggan than Alex Delton. You saw the Alex Delton that, no offense, you know, TCU fans saw the Alex Delton that K-State fans and those of us that watch the entire Big 12 have seen for the past two years. I mean, that's what he is. He's got, he's got very little accuracy in his passes, and he can run the ball well. If you want to create a package for Alex Delton, if you're Gary Patterson, fine, do that. But Alex Delton is not, is, he's not even Kenny Hill. I mean, he's not a guy that is going to take you to 9, 10 wins in a Big 12 championship game. This defense can do it. Alex Delton, the quarterback, can't. I know his teammates love him. I get he's really respected, and he's a good leader. Alex Delton cannot take this team to where it needs to be and where it wants to be. Max Duggan is a true freshman from Iowa. He will make freshman mistakes. But did you see Brock Purdy last year? Did you see Alan Bowman last year? Ride him. Ride him, and then you go into a situation in 2020, you know, maybe you get to eight, maybe nine wins this year. Doug will make some freshman mistakes. You go into 2020 feeling great about your program. You may have your best quarterback at TCU since uh, Trevon Boykin. And then you're looking at Big 12 championship contender next year. Alex Delton is a stopgap option. And if that stopgap option is not going to have a chance to win you eight, nine, or ten games, there's no point in playing him. There's no point at all. If you want to create a package for Alex Delton, that's okay. I'm fine with that. But that's it. I mean, that's really it. TCU also had seven fumbles, three by Jalen Rager as a return man. Um, 
you know, Jalen Rager is, is so valuable to this team. And I think, you know, we did our top 25 players in the Big 12. We had him as the top player in the conference. I, he's so valuable, so important to this team. I know he can create space and make something out of nothing. If he's going to be fumbling, you know, you have other options back there. I don't want to risk his health back there based on what he can do for this team. And if he's not comfortable with the fumbles, then don't put him back there. I would just pull the plug on that right away. But TCU gets its win over Arkansas, Pine Bluff, and away we go. Texas. Um, I'm going to take a little props here and pat myself on the back for a second because we have a Big 12 fantasy league going. And late in in the league, I drafted Brennan Eagles, former four-star guy, class of 2018 for Texas, on a flyer, you know, didn't play at all last year. I think I had two touchdowns in that game. All right, so I'm patting myself on the back for that. Sam Ellinger's a stud. um, But how about this? This is the biggest thing for Texas I took out of that game. And I'm going to admit, I don't have Longhorn Network, all right? So I, I did not see this game. I don't have the Longhorn Network. I'm not – no offense to Texas. I love Texas. I love the Longhorns, but I'm not paying for it because there's like one game a year on there. Uh, but for Texas to finally blow out an opponent, that's pretty rare. I mean, look at their games last year. It, they, they beat Kansas by seven. They beat K-State by five. They beat Tulsa by seven. Tom Herman's teams – as much as good as he's done for this program, they play up and down the competition. That's just what they do. So for them to go out there and blast an opponent, not be caught looking ahead to LSU, college game days there this week, um, it was as good a start as you could hope for. The defense did not appear. I mean, they were pitching a shutout. Those 14 points at the end for Louisiana, Louisiana Tech came in garbage time. So they pitched a shutout basically – um, they did not appear to miss the eight starters. And if Sam Ellinger has new weapons on the outside, in addition to Colin Johnson, I know little Jordan Humphrey is gone, but with that great recruiting class the past couple of years, if he can get a couple of weapons there at wide receiver, Keontae Ingram can stay patient, this Texas team is going to be fine, and they will have a chance to compete for a Big 12 playoff. I cannot wait for the LSU game this weekend. So it's, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. So um, the one game, we have two more games to talk about, Baylor, Stephen F. Austin, and then also, let's not forget about this. I don't want to forget about this. I won't. We're going to get to OU here coming up in a second. So just hang tight with me. We will get to OU. Baylor, uh, you played Stephen F. Austin, and you did what you were supposed to do. The Bears, to me, they showed off their depth at wide receiver with 10 players catching a pass. Charlie Brewer had an efficient game, three touchdowns, no interceptions, Uh, The defense did what it was supposed to do, but it's really tough to judge this Baylor defense against Stephen F. Austin, who they were supposed to whack around. They were almost 40-point favorites in this game. So uh, Baylor, to me, falls into the category of Texas Tech. They each played FCS opponents. Um, They're supposed to, you know, beat the heck out of them. They were each at least 38-point favorites, and they did, and there's not much to take out of it. As I mentioned, I take more to what happened with Kansas because of who they were playing. TCU, I'm looking at the quarterbacks, K-State. So, uh, But Baylor and Texas Tech, I'm just not taking a lot out of those games this week. I'm sorry, I'm not. But Baylor did what it was supposed to do. I know the offense is there. I know the wide receivers are there. I still want to get the offensive line judged against better competition, and same with that defense. And uh, last but not least, last but not least, don't worry, we're not forgetting about you. The Sooners last night against Houston. Now, 
uh, we took some flack for writing on the website that OU dominates Houston. And I got some people commenting on our Facebook page saying, oh, nope, they didn't dominate them. How do they dominate them? They won 41, whatever, 48-31, 49-31. It was 35-10 in the third quarter with seven minutes left, and the game was over. Some starters started coming out on defense. It was a domination. And that first half defense for OU was unbelievable. That front seven was flying all over the field. Guys were not thinking. They were just reacting, and they were playing. Kenneth Murray is a man-child, and OU did look like a college football playoff contender. Jalen Hurts set OU records over 500 total yards, six touchdowns. The credit has to go to Lincoln Riley, all right? The credit has got to go to Lincoln Riley. I'm sorry. I think Jalen Hurts is, is a great guy, a great leader. I heard him after the game. He was, like, upset with how the game went. Um, but my goodness gracious, man, Lincoln Riley, what this guy does with his quarterbacks is bar none and freaking unbelievable. He's going to coach in the NFL at some point. I don't know when but he is going to coach in the NFL at some point because somebody is going to give him an offer he cannot refuse. What he does with these quarterbacks is something we have never seen before. Now, Skip Bayless was dumb enough to have a tweet out that said, you think Nick Saban, or I think Nick Saban deep down is second-guessing uh, keeping Tua over Jalen Hurts. That's the worst take ever. The worst take of all time may come from Skip Bayless. Because here's the deal. Jalen Hurts looked like a different guy. Yes, I know he's talented and really good. He looked like a different guy because of Lincoln Riley. That's the reality. Lincoln Riley is the brains behind this whole operation. And, you know, the strike to CeeDee Lamb was impressive. I still think the passing game needs some work for him. But he's obviously comfortable running the ball. He's a better runner, I would argue, um, than Mayfield and Murray because he's a bigger body. Kyler's a little guy. You know, Hurts is, is a big guy. They can use him in the running game more than they use Murray because he can take a hit. So OU is still um, the class of this conference. They are the favorites in this conference, rightfully so. And uh, they did everything I, I would have hoped they would have done in week one. Yes, the defense down the stretch, let up a little bit, gave up some points, some stupid penalties. But put that aside, this was everything you could have hoped for in the season opener for OU. Outside of covering the spread, they did not cover the spread. I took Houston in the 24 points. To me, that was an obvious, uh, obvious bet. It was looking dicey there in the third quarter, but I felt good about the cover. Picks went 5-5 five and five this week, and that's a chance to remind you guys. MyBookie.ag, promo code BIG12, BIG12, for a 100% sign-up bonus. That's where I'm placing my bets. I hope you will as well. Helps us out as well. Keep this thing going with different advertising routes and, um, and everything else. And leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. Send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. I'll get you a Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. We'll do these every Sunday moving forward. All right, we'll do them every Sunday moving forward. And uh, we'll keep tabs and everything going on here in the Big 12. I'm Pete Mundo. We are heartlandcollegesports.com. Check us out, guys. Thanks so much for joining us on Facebook Live, Periscope, YouTube, podcasts. Have a great week. Check us out. we got a lot of content coming your way, and we'll talk to you soon.